Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach Arskadden coming to you live from North Carolina. And today I really want to dive into a little bit of this book from Eric Metaxas, uh, The Letter to the American Church. Um, it's a very short read, it's very good. And he, he builds upon, if you've ever read his book on Dietrich Bonhoeffer, builds upon that and analyzing where we as the American church are at now in comparison to what where Bonhoeffer was at and some of the comparisons there, but also he builds upon um, going more in depth with what Bonhoeffer was going through and some of the steps Bonhoeffer took and how we as the American church should use that as an example. And, and it goes right along with our prayer journey here of going through the chapter on the future war of the church from Chuck Pierce of dethroning the thrones of iniquity. And we left off yesterday of realizing what the Lord's purpose for us in each um, place of authority that he has placed us and really dealing with, you know, is this, are we in the places the Lord has called us to? And if not getting there and today we want to build upon that and, and now that we, we figured out, let's say, okay, we're following this journey. We figured out where we're supposed to be. We're at where we're supposed to be. Now it's let's deal with these thrones of iniquity that are there. And in the journey of this, we see and we, we want to understand this is that Satan wants to prevent us with being while we're in our place of covenant from knowing that we're in the place of covenant and dealing with not only the sins in our lives but the corporate sins of the community that we're in and cause us to get tripped up and not take authority with where the Lord has placed us because if the Lord has placed us in these certain regions and places places around this country around this world from standing up and being able to spread the gospel of the kingdom to the nation so that souls can be saved. If he can get in the way and, and trip us and dismantle us and allow his thrones of iniquity to be established, then that prevents us from walking out with authority what the Lord needs us to walk out. And scripturally, I want to point this out. Because in Revelations 2.13, it tells us, um, you go back in here the Lord is saying if I'm, I want to make sure I get this right his test his message to Pergamum in that the letter that is written here that he says I know where you dwell and where Satan's throne is so the Lord knows what obviously the end from the beginning he knows what's going on and so he knows if, if he knows where Satan's throne is, and if 
per se, we've allowed a throne of iniquity to be established due to not only individual sin, but corporate sin. That's why it's important. We talked about the example of, of specifically of monogamous marriages, of why it's important for, for people, men and women, to, to stay committed there because it builds upon a, a throne of covenant there rather than a throne of iniquity and sin and walking that out. And so, and in order to deal with these issues, we have to know what they are. And here we see in Revelations that God knows what they are, so now it's time for us to, to ask Him and seek Him, that we may deal with this first in our, our own individual lives, then within our family, and then growing city, state, nation, and from there. And so hopefully we can take this, and hopefully I'm, I'm making this digestible, so that we can walk out the authority that the Lord has placed us in, in the places he has placed us, so that we can be a light, a city on a hill, ambassadors for Christ, salt and light of the earth, wherever the Lord has placed us, and, and not shy away from the authority that the Lord has, has given us. And so we, we wanted to go through this journey and really pluck up and replant and, and remember and remove what is not of the Lord and replace it with what is of the Lord. And that's important with where we're at now. And I kind of want to piggyback off of this and jump to Revelations 3 because we we see here in the message to Laodicea, you know, the prophetic is we're in the Laodicean age. And we see here in Revelations 3, and I want, I want to piggyback off of this because I think it's important with where we're at and where we're at with praying for the office of the president, is in, starting in verse 14, I want to bring it up here. He says, To the angel of the church of Laodicea, write, The Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God, says this, I know your deeds, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were hot or cold. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich, and white garments, so that you may clothe yourself, and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. And I salve to anoint your eyes, so that you may see. To those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him, and he with me. He who overcomes, I will grant him to sit down with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father in his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the church is saying. What the Spirit says to the church, excuse me. I wanted to read that because hopefully this can give us an understanding. Okay, if this is what the prophetic is saying. Let's take the warnings of what the, prophet, what the Lord is saying to the prophets. Of where it is season where we think we are rich, but when in reality we are, are, are wretched miserable, poor, blind, and naked is what Scripture tells us. And it's easy to point and sit and say that this leader's doing that and that leader's doing that. And, and so I want to start there and building upon here this journey. And also, 
Now getting to the news, I want to lay out some things of where the president's at and then go back to the church a little bit. So we see here, first off, um, in following this story, kind of want to say this story, the president has reached out to the prime minister of Japan in closely, what is being called closely coordinating uh, responses to what North Korea has been doing with their missiles. So no official public statement, just a private phone call um, with what happened on October 3rd as the president is really focusing on the hurricane and relief efforts there, uh, which trying to show face before the elections and everything. And then we see this yesterday, that OPEC came out and talked about how they will cut oil production by 2 million barrels per day, and that Biden will try to use the rest of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which is meant for emergency cases only, to somehow try to prevent the massive increases of the price of oil and gas that is coming down the road right before the midterms. And there's a dispute about what's going on, and I can read article after article after article from left, right, center of what the opinion is. The reality is that's happening. Gas prices will go up right before the midterms. The interesting move that the administration is con seriously considering doing is easing, and this is pro very problematic, is easing sanctions on Venezuela to allow them to drill oil. Also to release the um, nephews of Maduro who have been convicted drug dealers. Also, the administration has worked out a deal which will free up hundreds of millions of dollars in Venezuelan funds that are frozen in U.S. banks because of the humanitarian crisis that is going on in Venezuela. And then also uh, part of this deal, and this was a big thing under Trump because Trump asked for this when he was president, is that there are some Ameri seven Americans who have been captured in Venezuela that are now a part of this deal, supposedly, and by lifting the sanctions, freeing the money, and releasing the narco-traffickers who are um, Maduro's nephews, who are convicted drug dealers, with massive amounts of evidence proving it. They're now being released. And so this is disastrous for this administration to do this. And the one thing they're not doing which can solve this problem is actually releasing petroleum releases here in America on land and on sea, in the south and in Alaska, and we're seeing this administration just be all over the place on this issue. At the same time, I want to correlate this, we have to see this, is at the same time we're seeing this happen, again, you're seeing the deal that the United States brokered with Israel and Lebanon starting to fall apart, where in the deal, if we go back to it, the Biden administration official who was involved was giving up Israeli water rights and Israeli oil rights to Lebanon, Hezbollah, Iran-backed Hezbollah, terrorist organization. Um, yes, Hezbollah. 
and there were amendments that were made the other day that came back and it's now being reported out of the Jerusalem Post that Lebanon basically wants to, number one, not give any of the supposed agreed-upon um, shares of the oil that is found to Israel. So this deal that the, the Prime Minister of, of Israel was praising, that the administration was heavily involved in, because uh, the letter that was written to resolve this issue was written from the Biden administration official who has been involved in this deal. So it's coming from the U.S. to try to resolve this issue. And Lebanon says, no, we're not giving any reserves, any profits, anything to Israel. And part of it, we want more water rights and we want to have access with freedom to do whatever we want to do, which telling a terror, letting a terrorist organization do that is, is very problematic. Israel has rejected this. Um, obviously, uh, Lapid has come out and said, well, not only do we reject this, but if anything happens, we will then start drilling because Israel actually has a, a rig ready to go and drill uh, that they started in June. So at the same time we're seeing these negotiations being led by the Biden administration on this issue with Israel and Lebanon, we're having problems with our own oil and gas. Very, very interesting in correlation there. We're trying, to, we're trying to force Israel to do what we've done of giving up oil and gas rights to Lebanon, whereas we've given them in the Gulf of Mexico now, again, which this is exactly what Obama did. Trump stopped it, and we're going, reverting back to it, of allowing Venezuela to pull it out of the ground, which we know uh, will be more harmful to the environment. And, and I want to point that out, as well as the fact that the U.S. is also, this is what they're focusing on right now not building up our national security, not uh, allowing oil and gas leases to be, be sold, to be able to drill oil. They're also focusing on releasing plans to sub supposedly somehow subvert uh, a climate crisis and, uh, through the Air Force and Army, um, as well as, you've seen this, it is very, very problematic of how now the FBI is going after pro-life activists who have stood out, um, arresting some in front of their families uh, with legal disputes that have been dealt with in the local court system that are no longer effective, but yet they're still going after it. So I say all that to say is, yes, we want to, number one, <laughs> repent for the Biden administration's involvement, number one, in this, this deal with Israel for, to where they'll give up oil and drilling rights in the Mediterranean to Lebanon and continue to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. But now we need to look at the church as well. As where are we at as a church? And we can sit here and say, well, we're not part of that, but... We're believers, we're part of the body of Christ here in America and around the world. And in this book, Letter to the American Church, Metaxas points out, and he goes back to 1930s Germany, and specifically 1933 through 1935, is what I'll focus on here in this next segment, is Bonhoeffer gave a speech and speeches 
letting the German church, and more specifically pastors, make a decision via the Barnum Declaration saying that we're going to stand up, we're not going to just give in 100% and let the state dictate what the church does, which is the true definition of separation of church and state, which gets twisted here in America, and that we're going to be... Bar um, that he was saying that we're going to be obedient. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was saying we're going to be obedient to the Lord. And what is believed, and, and hopefully we, I can break this down so we'll understand this. What is believed to have happened is that there were an estimated 18,000 pastors in Germany at the time. From different segments, denominations, lines, thoughts on theology, etc. Just as there are countless numbers of pastors here in America. And of the 18,000, you had 3,000 sign on to what is known as the Barnum Declaration, where they agreed to be obedient to the Lord and not to the state. Of the 18,000, you had 3,000 agree to sign up with that. And therefore, they became known as the quote-unquote confessing church. Confessing that the Lord is power over what they say and do, and they're obedient to him, just as the disciples were obedient despite being locked up in jail at their time, even Martin Luther. You also had at the same time 3,000 pastors agree to stand by the Nazi party and Hitler at the time. Sound familiar? We're at a similar point in America where we can sit here and blame the president for being distracted on a host of other issues, for going down roads that will, as came out yesterday, $31 trillion now in debt, and people on the right and left are blaming people on the right and left for it, as they should, as everyone, we're all complicit in it. We can sit here and say it's, it's easy for us to point the finger. But at some time point, going back to our point of be, removing the thrones of iniquity in our lives, first we have to become aware of them, number one. And, and, and to realize that of those 18,000, yes, there were 6,000 who picked a side. They were hot or cold. You have 12,000 who didn't say anything, who stayed silent in the moment of choice. Just, well, God will decide everything and whatever happens, happens. So be it. Um, and part of their thought process was, as well, God's going to judge us, or maybe he won't judge us. Um, but either way, it doesn't matter. It's the sovereignty of God. There's nothing we can really do about it, etc., etc., etc. Sound familiar? Maybe we have some of these own thoughts. Of, oh, well, it's in God's hands. There's nothing we can do about it. It's going to work out in the end. It's going to be perfect. It's going to be fine. But we're at a moment where we have to take authority, and we need to take authority as believers, as those who God has placed in certain regions and places around this country, to stand up for the gospel and, and teach the gospel of the kingdom, not only to ourselves, to our families, but to our cities, our state, to deal with the sin that's in our life, deal with it corporately, speak out against it. Now, not only that, and I know you guys understand this, but what I'm, I'm trying to do is stoke a fire uh, of prayer and intercession and more so repentance for 
us and the, the the American church to get on our knees. And, and one of the most powerful statements Metaxas says says in this is, not only should we be humbled, humble about the situation in the state the American church is at, but we should also be humiliated. Because unlike the German church, is we have, as the American church, the example of the decisions that the German church made and what that really means. Of the outcome of where that's going. Of just giving in to the state and letting the state decide, number one, what the church can say, which is being completely disobedient to the Lord and not being obedient to him. And you have some who are going to come out and say soon that there are those within the prophetic apostolic movement who need to just stay silent in this season and just let the Lord work things out. Do the little bit we can do, but not speak out, not, not get involved, not do any of that stuff, which is completely oxymoronic. But we can sit here and po continue to point the finger at the Biden administration and say, you should do better. When we have to point at ourselves and look at ourselves and look at our own heart and say, no, Father, I repent. We should do better. We should stand up for biblical moral values in each situation that, and the places God has. And the good thing is, is that there are those who are doing that, getting involved with school boards, going out and voting, getting registered. Things are starting to change because people are realizing we can't stay silent like the German church was silent. Where they would sing louder as the train of Jews was going by, knowing they were going, going to concentration camps to their inevitable death. Let's not, let's not be that church who just sings louder to drown out the noise, who, who, who doesn't want to be involved because it, it might come at a cost. It might mean we, we have to make sacrifices. But we think, again, we go back to Revelations. We think we are rich, but we are poor. And the Lord says, buy from me gold. And this goes along with something we've been praying about, of leaving an inheritance to our children's children and raising a child on the way that he should go, he or she should go. And, and we think our treasure is here on earth. We think life is great. We think we can control. We, we have to, the President of the United States administration thinks that we can control. We're a part of that. The climate and doing all this stuff, going green energy and blah, 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 et cetera, and stuff. Yes, that, that is very good. Counting the cost of being a disciple. That's absolutely right. Thank you for that. And, and we have to look here at, at the American church and say, where are we at? And we talk about revival. This, this is a point of, of look, we have to, to be repented. We have to get in line with the heart of the Father. As Revelation, ears, ears to hear, eyes to see. Let those who understand hear. And this is where we're at in America. And it's easy to sit here and, and pick out, because you can pick out right and left on this. But we want to stay focused on what the Lord is saying. And there's also the Chris Reed dream from back in April where he talked about the news headlines. And I want to make this point before I give the prayer point, is that this stuff with OPEC making Saudi Arabia making deals and, and aligning with Russia is leading closer towards what Chris Reed saw of the news headline of um, Middle East oil signs deal with China. That was one of the uh, sub subtitles of the first headline he had. If you go back and, and listen to the dream, I'll link it here if you want to. It's around like the three-minute mark.
But this deal leads to that. And so I, I say that and point these stories out. I wanted to focus on this because we're, we're headed in that direction. So that leads to a buildup of what else was in the dream, which is just making sure we're aware of the times and seasons and not to cause distractions. But we, we're going to have to go through a season uh, of getting on our, our knees and faces before the Lord, buying from Him gold and silver so that we can have a hope in a future. And so I just we want to pray. We all need to repent um, in any way that we may think we are rich. And this goes along with removing those thrones of iniquity from our life and replacing it with a holy throne of sanctification, holiness with the Lord and, and intercede for the church to buy gold refined from fire from the Lord. Pray for your leaders in the region, pastors more specifically in the region that they're in, and church leaders. And I could go on, Robert Heidler does a good teaching about how part of the problem of the church is the fact that we're leaning upon pastors to be the leaders when that's not how God intended it. And ultimately to also intercede for voters ahead of these, continue to pray for voters ahead of these midterms to vote based upon biblical moral values. Because we're at a place now where it's, we understand we in America have reached a point to where it's no longer just the problems that we have solely because of the leaders. If we're going to blame the leaders, we have to blame ourselves for putting the leaders in there, despite what happened in the last election. Despite a lot of other things, as reality is, is this is who our administration is. God allowed it. God allowed previous administrations to be in office, good, bad, ugly, whatever the case may be. And we as a church in this season cannot stay silent. We have to stand out. If those 12, even if half of those 12,000 pastors would have stood up, it would have been a major pushback and hopefully awakened the people of Germany to stand up against the Nazi party that Bonhoeffer, being a prophet that he was, understood the road that, that they were going down. The things that the Nazis were doing, who were, were with the spirit of the Antichrist, with action, pagan actions, with a vehement hatred for not only the Church of Christ, but the Bible and script, inherent Scripture of the Lord in and of itself, and we're seeing those same things come out today within certain aspects of both the right and the left. Of, of going, if you go back to the garden, of thinking that we, like Eve, who was deceived, we would all be in that same position, not to discredit her, thinking that we can be God as Satan tries to convince us. And, and that's why it's ever important to realize what is it that's maybe inside of us that is not of the Lord that needs to come out. And as uh, in Psalms 139, David points out at the end of it, he says, Lord, remove from me anything that's not of you. Make me aware. Reveal, reveal the deepest, darkest crevices of my heart so that I know what is of me and what is of you and so that I can replace it with what is of you. I'm paraphrasing. And so that's where we're at today. I just wanted to highlight that stuff and, and continue to pray for this administration because we're seeing they're not focused on what is on the Father's heart. And, and they're... 
trying to weaken the security of Israel and provide them a way out of the situation that they're in and help Europe as well. If Israel's able to pull this oil out of the ground, they can therefore give it to Europe, where now, with Nord Stream being, being blown up and Nord Stream 2 no longer in effect, can help them with getting gas and oil for the winter. So there's a lot of things at play here why we want to continue to pray. Thank you, Jim, everyone, for following along. Um, hopefully, I, I wanted this to be a little hearty and meaty because we need to realize the situation of where the church is at so that we can get on our knees as a body of Christ coming together in the Spirit and, and, and taking the authority of where God has placed us, number one, in our individual lives, then within our families, and then moving forward within our cities, our state, and our nation as well. So blessings. Um, don't forget, no noon prayer today or next week as our team is in Israel. We'll be giving some videos as they finally hit the, the land there during our night now they're in the morning so they're they're having the the best time adjusting to the time in the land uh, of jet lag so pray for them as the next couple of days that they deal with that and, and pray for them along their journey because they will be praying in certain places during uh, this little feast season that we're in of being in israel being in the land praying for things that are going on not only here in america but in the land of israel as well so blessings, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a good one.